Hello, and welcome to Pre-Health Particulars. I'm Mindy Calvillo, the General Advisor in the Pre-Health Office here at Baylor, and I have a special guest with me today. Hi, I'm Rich Sanker, a Senior Director for the Office of Pre-Health Studies, one of the gurus of the pre-health, pre-med world, uh, and excited to be joining you all today. We're very excited you're here. Our purpose is to help guide you on the way to the health profession of your choosing. In each episode of this podcast, we'll break down an element of being a pre-health student to help you be more successful and make the right decisions for you. In this episode, we will be discussing the gap year programs and whether or not you would want to consider taking a gap year after your undergraduate career as you get more ready for the professional schools or other graduate school options. So we want to discuss a variety of gap year options and opportunities for you and how you would go about making a decision to elect to pursue one of them that would be a best fit for you. Let's dive in. Okay, thank you, Mindy. So some of you may be thinking, should I take a gap year? Is a gap year a good decision for me? I have created like a little checklist for students to kind of run through. If you feel you fit into this category, then you think, yes, a gap year is a good decision. If you don't, if you have other reasons, hopefully I'll get to them and address them in this presentation, but see if you fit on this particular list. So first, if you have an aspiration to attend a top tier professional program like Harvard or John Hopkins or the Mayo Clinic, then yes, you should consider a gap year program to be more competitive. If you're considering doing like an MD-PhD program or another PhD alongside a professional degree like dentistry, then yes, um, you should probably consider a gap year, particularly to develop your your research experiences to be competitive. If you are feeling just overwhelmed by the pre-health, pre-med curriculum and need to stretch it out or slow it down in a way that's more manageable for you, then yes, you definitely want to think uh, about taking a gap year to give you that particular time and space. If you think you just need some additional time to improve your overall academic GPA or uh, demonstrate an ability in a specific area of science, then yes, uh, these, there's many programs for you that will give you that opportunity and space to grow in your academics and demonstrate to the med schools a readiness um, for their particular expe- for their expectations in their curriculum. If you just feel a need time to explore the world and explore this decision to be a healthcare provider, then yes. Uh, you probably want to do a gap year especially to give you that particular space. Um, You want to be ready and know that when you're moving into professional school that it is the best fit and a good decision for you. Where I would say no on this checklist, if you just want to live at home or just want a year where you just chill and just relax, then it actually would be detrimental and unwise. But I'll talk a little bit more about that later in this presentation. So one big question is what you want to reflect upon. When do you know you're ready for professional school or medical school? And for some self-reflection, what I encourage students to think about is to start understanding your own specific values and interests and how they align with what you're going to study and do in your health professionals programs. If you have no idea, if you have never thought about what kind of physician or physical therapist or PA you want to be, then this is where you want to t- take time to make, maybe I do need a, some time and experience to think, well, what do I want to do within the profession? How do I want to treat it? Or how do I want to treat my patients or care for my patients? And or do I want to have extra roles beyond just the role of being the healthcare provider? So with that, the following question you want to think about is, do you want to know, do you know what you want to do in your career in medicine? And, or as a health provider, do you want to be a community advocate 
Do you want to work in a specific population? Do you want to engage in global health activities? These are questions you want to address before you move into a, your actual studies for professional schools. Now, the big question you want to ask yourself is, do you feel personally ready so that you know that you'll be successful when you do your graduate school programs? If you have caution when you think, I may fail out or I may not perform to a level where I want to because you just don't feel you have competency or strength enough within your understanding of science or uh, other health-related topics, then it's a good thought to be like, maybe a graduate program could give me, or a gap year would give me opportunity to grow and get stronger in that area. The, one of the last things you want to think about deeply is, have you explored the career or the academic, especially if you want to do research, that academic area enough uh, to feel that it's a good fit for you, something that you would really want to spend the rest of your life doing, especially if you're considering an MD-PhD program. And if you don't know which, if you don't know much about your PhD topic, because you haven't had a lot of chance to explore a field like neuroscience or biochemistry or advanced genetics, then you want to give yourself an opportunity to go do that. So these are the things you want to ask yourself to know if you're ready for that next step. And then that will help you know which kind of gap year program or whether or not to pursue a gap year program. Can I ask a question really quick? Of so you mentioned asking yourself what kind of profession you want to go into and what kind of professional you want to be within that. What can students be doing to explore that before it's time to determine if gap year or no gap year? That's an excellent question, Minnie. And this could be something for gap year. If you are struggling to get some basic exposure to healthcare or research, then this is one of the things that you really want to choose going, maybe I need a gap year to get that time and exposure. Uh, because sometimes it might be that you're struggling integrating something like shadowing or service-related activities that give you that chance to interact with healthcare in an appropriate fashion, a gap year would be very necessary. But what I would encourage is doing three things if you can. First is if you're not already part of a student organization that has a health-related activities uh, involved with it, join one of those groups. Right away, they will give you a chance to at least listen to speakers or get some opportunities for basic engagement, whether it's through volunteerism or through some shadow programs that they're creating to give you that exposure to see if it's a good fit too. You're also around individuals who share similar aspirations and by engaging with them, it can kind of give you a litmus test if you share similar enthusiasm or interest that they do. Second would be, which is what I'm kind of encouraging these days is get employment in, in a healthcare setting as a medical scribe, or if you can get a licensure as a, a technician of some sort, where you can work as a patient care tech or a nurse assistant, those are, or as a phlebotomist, those would be some great ways to get some direct exposure. And then third, which is, which you have to be aggressive on two fronts, is trying to get clinical volunteerism in one of the healthcare settings. So by trying to go serve or work uh, at a hospital or a clinic as a, as a basic volunteer, which is great, or trying to shadow those healthcare providers and by just by simply calling and uh, building a rapport relationship. Hopefully, again, the orgs, student org might help you get it to those relationships. If you don't, it really is as simple of contacting healthcare providers, the clinic's office, and asking, is there sh shadowing opportunity available? At Baylor, we do have a program called Bear Tracks that we've started uh, last year that does provide opportunity for a number of students uh, for shadowing purposes, and you'll see it on the pre-health website and an application to participate in Bear Tracks in a particular semester. But you want to get that exposure. On the research side, 
you want to get into a specific lab that's of your interest. So if you're interested, if you're considering a PhD, like in one of specific science, like biochemistry or neuroscience, then you most certainly want to get in a, a research lab to get begin that basic exposure. So you can understand how you feel about that type of research, how you feel about working in a lab setting. If you have different research opportunities that are outside the sciences, such as in clinical care, then you would have to be much more intentional to find research activities which are sponsored at healthcare centers, most of them during the summer months, and be intentional to, be, to send in applications and be try to be, get yourself to a competitive point so that you can get that experience working in those areas. But those are that exposure is the best way to be, best understand your own aspirations to get involved. Thank you for that. And stay tuned. We're going to be doing two deep dive episodes on research to come. So I want to go back to help you pick a specific gap year program. What I always want to encourage when students are thinking about a gap year is to pick something you're excited about. It should be the, an adventure year. You don't want to go into a gap year dreading that activity. If you're apprehensive or overly concerned or just not enthusiastic about it, it won't be a great gap year experience. And it usually won't give you the skill sets or experience that you're really seeking that will make you competitive for the professional school. So you want to do something that you would consider exciting and fun if possible. But then you want to go back to, which was the most critical point, uh, is looking at picking a gap year program is what do you think your perceived weaknesses will be in your application to the professional schools and these graduate programs? The more you can identify your weakness, if it's going, well, I don't have a competitive GPA or I'm, I'm, not, I'm worried about the MCAT, I need more time to take the test, or I just don't feel like I have enough service or research experience, then that's where you want to start targeting specific gap year programs to help you prepare, better prepare or be more competitive. Next is what skill sets do you want to develop? Do you want better research skills? Do you want to demonstrate a sense of empathy, compassion? Do you want to be able to practice using a specific language so you can work with certain populations? This is what you want to decide, like, what would, what would facilitate that? What would give you those specific abilities or encounters that will allow you to grow in that particular fashion? And what you kind of want to work back to when you're answering that is, what do you enjoy doing now? And this will help you pick that adventure. Like, if you enjoy servicing a particular population, doing a specific type of work, doing a specific type of research, working in a specific environment, those are the things you want to seek in your gap year programs. And if you can kind of pull back is what is kind of inspiring you now? Like, is there, are there specific causes or areas of interest that generally you want to pursue? So are you deeply invested in cancer research and trying to cure cancer? Then you want to begin identifying within those fields, what gives you a chance to work with cancer patients or gives you a chance to work and get involved in data that will improve cancer or if it's working in global health or again, our, a specific population that you're going, hey, I, I want to find justice uh, for these individuals or I want to find an opportunity to improve their lives because I believe in it. Those would generally line you up to be a, a great gap year year and would give you a better story to tell when you're applying to the professional schools that will make your application stand out. So in looking at some gap year options, when you're looking out there, what's available to you, the most common would be post-baccalaureate programs. So your traditional like master's of science in biomedical sciences, or you can just take additional courses in graduate school or undergraduate careers, or you can pursue graduate programs like master's in public health or a healthcare MBA or just an MBA program. 
You can do work experiences, things like scribing full-time, becoming a medical assistant, an EMT or a nurse assistant or a different medical tech. There are international scholarships, which I'll talk about. Research is always clearly, especially if you want to do MD, PhD, something you want to pursue, or there are significant service programs that you can get involved with. Post-baccalaureate program. Now, the most common one, as I mentioned, is that most people pursue is the Master's of Science in Biomedical Sciences or Biomedical Studies. These programs are really designed, are generally one-year accelerated programs, and they're designed to get you into a professional school. Like, they're built for that. The curriculum form tends to be similar to what you would experience in that professional school for the first year. So you usually have specified physiology and anatomy classes, histology courses, as well as an integration of some clinical skills or clinical decision-making, as well as some basic public health policy and maybe some ethics that are usually part of your curriculum, but they're meant to mimic what you would see in that first year. And as a consequence, give you an opportunity to demonstrate to the professional schools that you can academically handle the rigor of what you'll face when you go to professional school. That's how you kind of prove yourself. They're really designed for students who feel there's weakness in their curriculum now like their, or in their GPA. And this will give them a chance to demonstrate that I can regardless of how I performed in my freshman year or sophomore year, I definitely have the ability or that you would definitely have the ability to be successful once you enrolled in professional school. Many of these programs will also have a test prep program aligned with it so that you can practice and be better prepared for tests like the MCAT. Not all do, but they're worth looking. And I think those are some of the stronger programs that give you test prep opportunities so that you know that you'll be competitive all around for professional schools. Now, the challenge with these MS in biomedical sciences or studies is they themselves don't have any specific value in terms of a career outlook. They are fully meant to help you move into professional schools. By acquiring this master's of science, you are no more competitive for any other type of career or work or teaching than you would be compared to going to a, a traditional graduate school program in biology or chemistry. So just know that when you're done with it, if you don't move on to professional school, they themselves tend to be expensive and you won't have any true value to advancing your career in any other direction. So be cautious when you pick it. You want to make sure it will help you move into the professional school that you're seeking. If a student didn't finish their prerequisites at Baylor or if they decided kind of late term in their undergrad career that they wanted to go into the medical field, would one of those programs be a good option for them to take care of those prerequisite courses or would they need to do one of these other options you're about to mention? Yes, they would need to do an, another program. There are some specific accelerated pre-med undergraduate programs you can accomplish in one year, as well as some programs some schools will offer, particularly state schools. What my recommendation would be is if, if you're just lit missing some programs, some courses, like you started late but you have uh, initiated some of the basic intro to biology or chemistry studies and you just need a few extra courses. And this is what I have a lot of students consider as being a non-degree seeking student. This is an option for you to simply like, enro like enroll at a school. And because you're not seeking a degree, it's very easy to be admitted. Uh, all you have to do is have a transcript to be admitted to a program. I generally recommend like a state school, which will have a wide variety of coursework that you can enroll in. As, as a non-degree seeking, you're just going to take the specific courses you need to, to complete the application process to med school. Or if you have completed all the classes, but it gives you a chance to take some additional sciences to help improve your overall GPA and competitiveness for medical school. So you can kind of target. 
So it's one of the cheaper ways to go, and it's non-degree seeking, especially if you're going to work part-time opposed to full-time as a scribe. It gives you a chance to fill in those that extra time that you have, that free time you have, while not working, so that you can continue to stay academically rigorous and demonstrate to the professional schools and overall ability and readiness uh, for their their classes when you go. So you can do non-degree seeking both as an undergraduate and as a graduate student. And then if you really want to impress the professional schools, taking graduate level science courses is generally considered a little bit more rigorous compared to taking undergraduate retaking science retaking undergraduate science courses that you may have have so it's really what your flavor would be and what the programs are offering but it's a great way to go especially if you're just going to work part-time to consider being a non-degree seeking student again they're the applications you just have to when you're applying find the non-degree seeking status and just mark it you'll find your application get usually gets accepted pretty quickly because they don't think much about have to think much about you since you're not pursuing a degree from them they just have to see that you're awake, basically. So I encourage you to consider that if you don't get in, don't want to do an MS program and you want to work part-time, it's a, it's a good way to go and just take specific courses you need. The professional and graduate degrees, this are for students. If you were going to know that you wanted something extra to be more empowered beyond taking care of your patients, where you want it to be a community advocate, or you want to get into some type of policy or law, or you want to be an administrator in healthcare on top of being a, a medical practitioner, this is a great chance to stand out both in your application and give yourself a general step ahead to be ready for that, that career. So this would be like the MBA program or MPH. If you are seeking it, there's programs that will accelerate so that you can get these graduate degrees done in one year. But most, really, the top-tier programs generally have a two-year expectation. So this would be a decision you would have to make, if, opposed to doing a gap year to doing gap years. But if you really want your application to be much more competitive, particularly if you got an extra graduate degree from a top-tier institution like Stanford, Yale, Harvard, places like that, or John Hopkins, it really does give your application a lot more credentials. And for the med schools, to give it that extra shine or pop so that you know that you'll be just that little extra competitive in the process. And those programs also have benefits to your future when you're applying to, for medical students particularly, when you're applying to residency programs, you'll be that much more competitive for residencies. Now you wanna be careful on making that decision because a lot of these professional schools will have these graduate options built in to a lot of programs where you can get these while being a medical student. But I tend to find if you're going to take a gap year and want it to pause anyway, this just gives you that space. If you knew you were going to get an MPH or an MBA or another particular specific science degree that you wanted to do in the future, this is a great way to get it done. Now there's working. I kind of mentioned this before. Um, this is a great way just to get that clinical exposure. And especially if you feel in your application, you don't have enough clinical experience to make a decision whether or not you want to be a physician or another type of healthcare provider, working is a great way to get that exposure, even more so than sh service or shadowing experiences. So so many ways get a, to get a job in healthcare, but the easiest way is definitely being a medical scribe. My concern with scribing right now is it's moving into where you work in a cubicle and you're just watching videos. So that may not be a great way to explore medicine. So I really want to encourage students to think about getting certified um, as like a, a nurse assistant or an EMT or a paramedic. Um, it doesn't mean you're going to be one of those, it, but it opens up an opportunity to get multiple different types of jobs within the healthcare setting. So I want to encourage you to look at, if you don't already have a certification, you might want to spend that summer after graduation 
or that spring or the summer before you graduate of thinking about getting certified in a specific field like, like that so that you can acquire a healthcare position. Uh, it's a great way just to get experience. You make some money as well, um, but it's always a positive to an application. For research, it's, this is especially if you want to go to a top tier medical school. Research will mean a lot more than just basic clinical engagement from a job. If you had a research job, particularly working at a health center, a top tier health center like Baylor College of Medicine or Vanderbilt, that would give your application a significant amount of gravitas so that when you're applying to those top tier programs, they really would appreciate knowing that you were in one of the more top tier or high functioning labs or clinical research programs. They would show that level of commitment, investment, and insight you would get from that in a, in a very positive fashion. If you really want to do an MD, PhD, it's almost necessary, particularly if you want to go to a top tier MD, PhD program at like a, a top 20 med school, it's great to do research at that particular med school if you can. It would give your application uh, a lot more credibility and a, a greater likelihood of uh, actually getting accepted into one of those programs. The type of research you would want to do, I would be cautious. If you're just going to go back to your undergraduate lab and just spend research there, it may not be as impressive as going to a medical center or a pharmaceutical company. You really want to get to research that is very explicitly geared toward medical interventions or therapies in the future. It would be, especially for an MD, PhD, or one of the other graduate degree programs, PhD programs, like they're going to actually seek those experiences and those lab experiences more than they would a traditional biology or chemistry lab. So you want to make sure that you're finding something that would really, it's particularly a lab that would draw to your own specific research interest if you can and be on a project that you really plan to invest and grow into. So no, any research is not really what you're seeking for a gap year program. It really should be a very specific tailored research to what the kind of work you want to do in the future. If you're going, well, I don't really want to work and I'm not really into research, which is great. Um, service is actually a fantastic option. There are service year programs like AmeriCorps, Peace Corps, there's several international medical corps. There's things like Teach for America. There's a program called Christian Community Health Fellowship, which sponsors year-long service year programs where you go work in very impoverished or underserved communities and work alongside healthcare providers, generally in a way that improves the outcome for the patients. And by demonstrating to the med schools that you have this affinity and intention to work with underserved communities, your application will be uh, far more exciting in the, in the process. And even programs like Teach for America or Peace Corps, which puts you in a, a position where you're, you may not even have to do medical service, but you're working with populations or individuals who are deeply underserved or have a certain level of injustice. It shows a, a great deal of empathy, compassion, uh, cultural awareness, cultural abilities that the medical schools and all the professional schools would appreciate. Uh, so if you're not inclined to that and you want it, especially if you're a year for adventure, uh, service opportunity or service cores like that could really put you in a community where you don't usually get to live or a, a culture you want to experience and you really get your chance, get a chance to be immersed in it. So I always want to encourage people to think about if you're thinking about gap years to look at a service program. Now, there are also global scholarship programs like Fulbright, Rhodes, Marshall, the Gates, Cambridge. If you're particularly wanting to go to MD-PhD programs or you really want to be very competitive for top-tier graduate programs, these are a way to stand out. 
they are very competitive. They are very difficult to get. But the nice thing is about all these scholarship programs, they are fully funded. So if someone's paying you to live in London or in Oxford or in Dublin, if you're doing like the Marshall Scholarship, which is amazing world that experience. That sounds like a bummer. <laughs> it would be. I mean, it seems like Fulbright, like students could be in Australia or Europe or Africa or South America. Everyone, I really want a great adventure, fully funded. Those programs will, will take care of it and give your application a significant amount of interest, get a significant amount of interest from the professional schools. I had one student who was a Fulbright student in Southampton. And when she was applying to medical schools, two of her top tier medical schools, one I think was University of Pennsylvania, the other one was Northwestern in Chicago, got into a bidding war for her to a point where they gave her full tuition as well as a living stipend of 20000 a year to come to their school. Like that's where you go from if you're one of these scholarship programs. Like they are very competitive, but they put you in that tier where not only do you get into top tier medical schools, you get into a point where you can be incredibly competitive so that you get your med schools entirely funded and a living stipend as well. So this is nice for her. This is whenever I wish a podcast, like I never want to do this on video, but I wish I had a video just for my face reacting to that story. So how do students find out about those programs? Is there somebody they can talk to at Baylor if they're wanting to find out about those scholarships? There are, Mindy. Uh, the Office of Engaged Learning is the office that will take uh, support those students, Dr. Andy Hogue or Dr. Barnowski would be the two individuals on the, the Baylor campus you, you would want to reach out to and have a conversation to see how you would be competitive for those programs. What I want to make sure, there's multiple type of those programs, so you want to make sure it's a good fit for you, it's a, a good idea for you. To be competitive isn't like you just simply show up and win, like you really have to be intentional to those programs you're applying to to be successful moving forward. So those, uh, Dr. Bronowski and Dr. Ho can help advise and give you guidance as to where your application would be most competitive and how you can form it in a way so that you would have that opportunity. Now, what I, I want to return to is what not to do when you're thinking about a gap year or what kind of gap year you don't want to do. And I kind of mentioned this before, but don't do a gap year that you aren't excited about. If you had a choice between going to starting off applying to professional schools, a medical school, I would encourage you to do that if you're going, I just don't know what I want to do, but I know I want to be a physician and you feel very confident and you're a good applicant, I would encourage you to go. Don't, if you can't avoid it, spend a year outside of healthcare entirely. That will actually weaken your application overall. If the professional schools, unless it's service related, where you're teaching or something, they would understand. But if you spend a year saying, I just want to go find myself and I'm going to travel Europe, it's fine. But if you have no healthcare interactions at that point, they will start to wonder about your intentionality uh, following because you didn't choose to invest any of your time into the uh, health career. Some people think about this, but don't join the military unless you really want to do it. And I have had some students saying, well, I'm going to listen to the military and then I'll go to medical school and they'll pay for it. I'm like, in theory, they would, but it's a much longer commitment than you know. And I, you can't guarantee what the military will let you to do. And it may set you back. So you have to go back and completely redo the courses and all the tests for professional schools because of your duration time in the military, if they don't agree to move you on to a professional uh, health-related professional school. But if it's something you really want to do, I understand, but I would prefer you guys pursue an ROTC program or recommend that and not immediately enroll in, into a military setting. Uh, unless, again, it's something that you were already passionate about and called to do. And what's critical is don't, do, don't pick a gap year and don't do anything. Uh, that would be something that would 
deeply weakened your application to the professional schools. Like you definitely want to go into that gap year with an intentionality toward a specific activity to grow. So at the very least, I would always say work or try the non-degree seeking pro, uh, opportunity where you're at least taking additional science courses to make your application more competitive. Going into a year where the professional schools, if you, especially if you pick have a gap year pushed upon you where you didn't get into med school, and you're gonna take a gap year as a consequence of waiting uh, for an application cycle, you wanna make sure that you're investing that time wisely to make your application better. And that either by through academic service or clinical related work experience. So with that, I wanna encourage people as you consider this and making this decision, be thoughtful, be reflective, but always most important, pick something that you will enjoy uh, and that you really We'll have fun with because it's a, a gap year. Should be we should look at it as a gift year of your life where you get to do some things that you wouldn't be able to do traditionally as a student in medical school or another health related professional school. I want to thank you for your time today, Dr. Sanker. This has been a plethora of information for us, and I want to thank all of you for joining and listening to all of this information. I know it's a little bit dense and a little bit overwhelming. Just remember, take a breath. You have time to prepare and be ready when the time comes. This episode is to give you the knowledge ahead of time so you have a proactive approach. We're here to help. Please know you're not alone and stay tuned for more episodes. In the meantime, feel free to go to baylor.edu slash for more information. We look forward to talking to you soon. Bye.